Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, so thank you so much for joining me today, everyone. You're listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Alexandra Fernandez. Today, April 28th, marks the first day of the Juvenus Festival, an annual festival here in Kingston to celebrate the artistic talent of youth under the age of 30 that are in our region. Joining me today in our virtual studio, I have with me Maya and Kate, the co-managing directors of the Juvenus Festival that's produced by Blue Canoe Productions. Thank you so much for joining me today to discuss all things Juvenus. Thank you. Um, so before we get into it, do you mind just introducing yourselves for us, telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I can go first. Um, my name is Maya Meyerman. I am one of the co-managing directors for the Juvenus Festival. Um, I just finished my fourth year at Brock University um, in studies in arts and culture with cultural management. Um, I'm Born and raised in Kingston, though, um, and I love the Kingston arts community. Um, I've been around Blue Canoe a little bit. I haven't been involved, but I've seen lots of what they've been doing over the years. So it's really exciting to finally be part of it. Uh, and I'm my name's managing director of the Juvenus Festival, and I'm actually from the Waterloo area, but I'm in my third year at Queens, and I've been working at Blue Canoe ever since I got to Kingston in my first year of Queens. So um, I started out as an administrative assistant there, and I've been working uh, ever since, basically, and I'm really excited now this year to really take on a leadership role in the Juvenus Festival. Awesome. Sounds really great. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the history of the festival? I know it's pretty recent. It started about five years ago in 2016, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about how and why it came to be. I'll let Kate t- take this one. She's been involved longer than I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So basically the Juvenus Festival was started by Mike Shepard in 2016. Um, He just really saw this need for more opportunities for youth Um, musicals, which is what Blue Canoe primarily did at the time, but just for other things as well, like workshops and um, just the projects that they wanted to see being put on. Instead of just us saying, hey, we're doing this musical audition and apply, instead it's what do you want us to do? pitch us an idea and we'll help you put it on. Um, And so that's really how this all came to be. So we've just been expanding it and growing it ever since. Like now we have an arts career expo. So if you wanna learn about getting a job in the arts, um, we also have mentorship programs so that youth can also learn how to put on these big events as well. So it's really just been uh, about education right from the start. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. And that's so important. to to be able to educate people in these things and give them that platform for sure. 
Um, so you're both co-managing directors of Juvenus this year. How has that experience kind of been given the whole COVID-19 situation as well? Yeah, it's, I mean, we started off in the summer. Um, I started doing a little bit of planning. Um, Kate was still very much involved on the admin side for Blue Canoe. Um, so there was a few things already in motion in September when Kate joined onto the portfolio and we became co-managing directors. Um, but it's been interesting. Kate and I have only met in person three times, I think. Um, and we've been in different areas of the province Um for the majority of the time, but, um, and it's also a very different structure than usual. Usually there's just one managing director um, and there's um, other staff who are involved, for example, volunteer coordinators, marketing coordinators, things like that. Um, But Kate and I work really well together and it's been really great. We have very similar um, interests and values, especially when it comes to um, arts management and things like that. Um, So um, it's been, it's it's actually been pretty impressive. I'm very proud of us. We've, um, We've done a good job at um, working together and sharing the tasks and I couldn't do it without her. Oh, I feel the same way. You know, I really (laughs) think that we've done a great job just collaborating and playing to each other's strengths as well. And just um, troubleshooting lots of things because obviously in a pandemic, lots of problems are going to arise. But I think we've just really put a focus on brainstorming and collaboration as well, just to make this all happen. Awesome. That's great. And that's really impressive, too, because I know sometimes um, collaborating with people virtually and stuff, sometimes you're not maybe getting your whole idea across. It's a little bit harder. So that's really awesome that you guys have been able to really make it work. And it's been pretty smooth. Um, So can you tell us about some of the free workshops that you're offering, as well as just some of the programming um, available during the festival? Yeah, okay, I can start out by talking about some of the workshops. So the workshops are taught by local arts professionals um, and they're free for everyone ages 13 to 30. And that includes if you're 30, again, you're more than welcome to come. Um, And they're in all different areas of the arts. So for instance, we writing workshop, a cookie decorating workshop, um, musical theater audition technique workshops. And we also have lots of partners as well who help us put these on. So for instance, we're partnering with the Agnes Etherington Art Center. They're putting on two workshops for us, um, as well as the New York Conservatory for the Dramatic Arts in New York City. They're coming to put on some workshops as well and host auditions, which is super exciting. And Our goal really is just to make this all as accessible as possible. So really you just need an internet connection, all the materials we provide for free and the workshops are also free as well. So it's really exciting. And Maya, I'll let you talk about some of the other programming we have. Yeah, so um, a lot of our events are run through our youth project leader program. So we have some really amazing youth who are between the ages of 13 and 30 um, who have been working on putting on a project that they came up with um, and that they pitched to us back in the fall. Um, So those include North, which is a radio drama that will be airing here on CFRC. Um, And there's also Young Works, which is a dance project, um, which will be on our YouTube channel. Um, We have We're All on Zoom Together, which is a really cool um, cabaret with the songs from High School Musical. We have the Time Anthology, which is a book of poetry and stories um, written by local youth as well, um, which will be published into an actual book. Um, And then we have, oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember them all. Um, (laughs) um, Then we also have, 
a few, two that are being postponed. So that will be um, the uh, Battle of the Bands and Evil Dead the Musical. So stay tuned for those. And I just remember the other one, Rising Solitude. How could I forget about that one? Um, they've been doing poetry and visual arts workshops on a monthly basis since January. Um, and that is culminating in an exhibition. Um, and that is being paired with our our storefront art gallery, um, which is where young artists have submitted their works and some of them are selling them. So if you're interested in buying some artwork from local artists, there's some really great pieces there. Um, and that's also going to be exhibited along with photos from um, our partnership with youth to KFLNA. Um, and they've been doing a project called Photo Voice. So they've been given prompts to youth to go in the community um, and take photos. Um, but there's also some juvenile produced events. So we have our Launch Point Academy, which is our age group 13 and under. Um, they are doing a performance tomorrow night. So that's the 29th. Um, and then we also have Viva Voce, which will also be here on CFRC. Um, we have our Arts Career Expo. The New York Conservatory is running auditions for some of their programs. Um, we have Juvenus Jams, where some local artists are going to be um, performing on the Friday night. Um, we have the KFO Maker Challenge. So we've partnered with the Kingston Film Office and students from the Queens Film and Media Department, um, their practicum course. Course. Um, and they will be doing workshops on four different platforms. So TikTok, Twine, Stop Motion Studio, and uh, doing a one-shot production workshop. And then you're challenged to create something using those, um, that's, those techniques um, within a week. Um, I think I got most of them, but I, we have about 35 events running throughout the week. And so um, there's lots going on for sure. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like it, but that's super exciting. And so many different you know, um, mediums of art for people to um, dabble in for sure. Um, so can you um, folks also speak more to the role of arts in the community and why it is important for youth to have these festivals and to have local support in their artistic endeavors? Yeah, so um, I just wanna talk specifically during the pandemic for a second. Like, I feel like personally right now, it's even more important than ever just with this pandemic. Um, I've personally have noticed just a drop in the amount of arts events that are going on and ways to participate. And so it's important now that we do give everyone all of the opportunities so that if they wanna get involved, they can. And also since the pandemic is just a super stressful time, I think that the arts are really, helpful as a coping strategy as well. Um, and I just think it's important that youth get this opportunity for self-expression and just to help them manage the stress as well of the pandemic. Yeah, and um, I mean, Kingston itself is a huge arts community. It's such a valuable and vital um, arts community. Um, and the only way we can sustain that is by nurturing youth that are here um, and who are who have these ideas and I'll give them a platform to be able um, to make them a reality. We are entirely youth run, um, Kate, like including Kate and I, all of the Blue Canoe staff are all under 30. Um, and so it, it's a way to give youth the opportunity to contribute to the community um, so that they can continue to get involved. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, and how can people participate in Juvenus this year and what can they do to get involved or just support the youth artists here in our region? Well, there's tons of ways. So definitely workshops is a really great way um, to get involved if you're between the ages of 13 and 30. Um, 
I think all of them don't require you to have any experience. Um, although if you do have experience, then it can be tailored to that as well. Um, so definitely workshops. The Arts Career Expo is open to anybody. So either you sign up for um, a youth under 30 ticket or an arts industry professionals ticket. Um, so that's if you're over the age of 30. Um, it, it is free though. We just need registration. Um, and then um, the other ways are definitely to tune in for some of the performances. Um, all of the artists and participants have been working super hard to create create this, the community cares or to get the support and just see what they're doing. And they are really doing really wonderful things. So um, we do have a, an event a festival schedule on our website. So if you go on our website, there's a tab called Juvenus 2021 um, and you will see three, um, three things on that list. So you'll see the festival schedule or four, I guess, um, the festival schedule, you'll see our projects where you can get more information about those youth led projects. Um, you'll also have to see skill builders and then you'll also see events. And so everything in there will give you lots of information about what everything is um, and also it'll provide you with links to either um, see the video to sign up for something um, yeah it'll all be there awesome is there anything else that um, you would like to add before we end off um, I guess we also have a few other things uh, going on. So we are selling merch, which is really awesome. Um, so we have hoodies, uh, t-shirts and hats. Um, um, we're also doing a passport. So if anyone wants to be entered into a draw, um, you can fill out the things on the passport. So those are going to be to take um, two workshops to engage with one of the events. Um, things like that um, and we also are selling sticker bundles and so if you are uh, if you donate um, ten dollars or more to the festival um, you will receive a really great customized well customized to juvenus festival but you'll all get the same um, but some really cool uh, juvenus stickers and so um, yeah besides that um, just a huge thank you Alexandra for having us today um, and just, we really hope that everyone uh, takes a minute to tune in to at least um, one of the events or participate in one of the workshops and, um, and just keep the exciting um, youth arts community going even through the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, um, Kate and Maya, for joining me today to discuss the Juvenus Festival. Sounds super exciting. Sounds like a really great opportunity for people to not um, just improve their art skills, but just to support the local youth artists here. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank, thank you. you. We're back and you're tuned into Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. There was a 300 plus person protest in Chatham recently. Randy Hillier said he doesn't care how many charges he gets for speaking out against Ontario's COVID-19 lockdown, something he did Monday in Chatham. The de facto leader of the province's growing anti-lockdown movement and Maverick MPP said it's part of the price to pay for stopping the country's social murder brought on by government's COVID-19, quote, false fear-based agenda, end quote. I don't care how many tickets they give me, the independent MPP told a vocal and enthusiastic 300-plus crowd at Chatham's Tecumseh Park on Monday. We can wallpaper our walls with tickets. We must regain our freedom. No more lockdowns. Hillier, who represents the riding of the Lanark Frontenac Kingston, was among the anti-lockdown heavy hitters at the podium, part of a grassroots movement against COVID-19 government restrictions. 
We're not hysterical, he said. We have faith in ourselves, faith in God, and faith in democracy. A comment that all government leaders and health officials affiliated with COVID-19 lockdowns need to resign was met by wild applause. Along with fist-pumping and clapping, chants of no more lockdowns, fire Doug Ford, and Trudeau, let my people go, filled the spring air. Henry Hildebrandt, an Aylmer preacher who has become a lightning rod for government criticism and Hastings Lennox Addington MP Derek Sloan, also a vocal critic, came out swinging against the Ford government and local officials. Other speakers, also becoming well known for their anti-lockdown messages, stepped forward to address the crowd, including Leamington restaurant owner Christy Leatham and Windsor pastor Aaron Rock. Chatham barber Michael Smulders said government is hurting small businesses and local artist Penelope Dutchens, who read a letter on behalf of a woman recently charged with organizing a freedom protest. As owner of a small business, Smulders called out Chatham Ken's elected officials for not hearing the message from small businesses. No one has listened, he added. It's been minimal effort at best. The jeans and suspender clad Hillier got the celebrity treatment. Dozens of people crowded around the veteran politician taking pictures and shaking hands. Hillier told rally goers there's no roadblock big enough to stop Canadians from being free. Some of the speakers and many in the crowd were especially critical of government's curtailing of worship gatherings. Chatham resident Pat Lambier said she attended the rally to protest the restrictions at churches. It's about being a Christian and not being able to worship, Lambier said. You can buy alcohol, but you can't go to church. A former employee of public health, Lambier called the current lockdown and restrictions despicable. I can't believe what is going on. Brenda Swain, also of Chatham, said she can't understand the government's rationale when it comes to what people can buy. She said she needed a zipper to fix some clothing but was not allowed to buy it even though it was right beside the milk she purchased. Shirley Fass, also of Chatham, proudly carried a sign protesting the lockdown and she said she doesn't believe COVID-19 is real. I don't believe it's what they say it is, Fass explained. I believe it's a flu. Democracy is being threatened by the COVID-19 nonsense, she added, with the country at risk of being taken over, I quote, by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and other officials. A Chatham-Kent police service drone hovered over the event for its duration, but as of press time, no charges were announced by the either the police or the municipality. Both Hillier and Hildebrandt have been charged with defying COVID-19 stay-at-home orders in the past. The story is by Jenna Kakulo from the Chatham Voice from the local journal initiative. Home and property owners, see if Utilities Kingston is planning to conduct essential multi-utility capital construction in your neighborhood this year. You can use the interactive online map. Jim Miller, who's the chief operating officer of Utilities Kingston, says that this map shows the capital work Utilities Kingston is doing to ensure the continued reliability of core utility services. It's a great way to see how planned work may affect you and your neighborhood and to plan for appropriate physical distancing while our employees or contractors are at work. Enter your address to see when, where, and what kind of infrastructure work we are completing. You can count on Utilities Kingston throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond to provide the core water, wastewater, natural gas, electricity, and broadband networking services that you rely on. A full list of planned projects. Follow these notes on where to get information, how to plan ahead to take advantage of upcoming work, and COVID-19 precautions. The map is available at utilitieskingston.com projects and offers a detailed look at Utilities Kingston improvements being made to local water, wastewater, natural gas, and electrical systems in 2021. You can also follow Utilities Kingston on Twitter for the up-to-date minutes. If the Utilities Kingston is planning work in your neighborhood that could disrupt services to your property, staff will make every effort to mail a direct notice to your property in advance. 
As they carry out work in the neighborhood, Utilities Kingston and its contractors remain committed to the health and safety of all workers and the public. The actions that they are taking is adhering to all relevant safety guidelines released by Ontario to protect workers, customers, and the general public from COVID-19, not entering customer premises except in an urgent or emergency situation. And they also ask you to wear a mask and practice physical distancing by keeping at least two meters away from employees and contractors. If you have any questions or concerns, you can call customer service at 613-546-0000, Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. There are lots of plans, and like I said, you can go to utilitieskingston.com slash projects to check out the projects that are going on. If you're planning on constructing a pool fence or deck this year, you can get help planning your project from the City of Kingston's building department at an upcoming workshop. These workshops will go over how to apply for a permit, design considerations, and what building inspectors are looking for to ensure life safety, says Lisa Kappener-Hunt, Director and Building Enforces director of building and enforcement and chief building official she continues to say that we are offering two separate sessions one for decks and one for pool fences and both sessions will be online through zoom residents seeking more information on deck and pool fence construction and the online permit application process can attend the following sessions the deck information session is wednesday may 5th at 5 30 p.m and the pool fence information session is wednesday may 19th at 5 30 p.m each session will start with a 30-minute presentation followed by consultations in smaller groups where residents can walk through their designs with city staff. Individuals looking to review their designs are asked to prepare a digital version of their plans. You need a building permit for decks that are going to be two feet above ground or higher, or a pool fence. Whoa, check out that thunder, folks. Or a pool fence enclosure where the pool can hold more than two feet of water. You can apply for building permits using the city's online dash, development and services hub portal at cityofkingston.ca slash dash. The workshop will offer tips on how to use dash to apply, what design considerations you should take into account, and the applicable zoning and fees for constructing a deck or pool fence enclosure in Kingston. For more details on building permits and deck and pool fence enclosure construction, visit cityofkingston.ca slash business. Just a little COVID update for you folks. We have 83 active cases of COVID-19 in the KFL and Day region. We just hope that you folks are staying safe out there and that, um, you know, if you have symptoms, if you develop anything, please get yourself tested at a pharmacy or you can even book one at the assessment center at Beach Grove. If you're a Queen's University student, you can access testing through Student Wellness Services if you give them a call. Just remember to stay safe, folks. Really limit your interactions with those and only... Um, be in close contact with those within your household stay at home when necessary only go into work if you absolutely have to um, only go out of the house for essentials like groceries medicare appointments um, pharmacy trips and whatnot just remember to you know keep wearing your mask keep social distancing keep washing your hands we are all in this together and don't forget that um, keep checking to see if you're eligible for the vaccine now we can administer the vaccine to people 40 and over at certain pharmacies so definitely check that out um the good news is that 40% of the KFL and day population has received at least one dose, um, which is really awesome. The amount of um, doses administered um, in KFL and day um, of 
residents 16 and over. The total number of first doses is 72,782. So our numbers are really good. We're officially in phase two of the vaccination phase here in KFLNA, which is awesome. So just remember to keep checking your eligibility, go get your vaccine if you haven't already, and just remember to stay safe out there, folks. But thank you so much for tuning in to today, MyGK. I hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. I hope that the sun eventually comes up and that we're kind of done with this rain, unless you love it, um, like myself, then let's keep it coming um, to get the green grass and the beautiful flowers. But thank you so much, folks. Um, I'm Alexandra Fernandez, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.